Taking an improbable journey through the institutional inertia and professional <laughs> obstacles of Charlize Theron's movie career. Uh, with me, as always, are Regina Connolly. Hi. And Robin Hitchcock. Hello. And this week's movie is 2019's Long Shot, still in theaters as of this recording. Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> Did it not do very well? I don't think it's done very well. Oh. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, R-rated comedy. I think it might have done okay by R-rated comedy standards. Yeah. Yeah. Starring Seth Rogen and obviously Charlize Theron <laughs> and a litany of other uh, actors that you may or may not recognize. Probably don't recognize Andy Serkis. <laughs> <laughs> I did, immediately. I It took me about half the movie. <laughs> um, do we have one sound reviews? Ha-ha! Hee! Ha! This movie's fine. Yes, this is a fine movie. I laughed a lot. I laughed out loud a lot. It's yeah. a very laugh out loud kind of movie. I think it, I, I liked it. And part of the reason I liked it is like, I am excited to see like romantic comedies making a bit of a comeback. Yeah. In terms mm-hmm. of like, they're getting made more like uh, to all the boys I've loved before, like cropping up on Netflix and uh, set it up. Yeah, and like this just feels always like, be my maybe coming out soon. Yep, it just feels like uh, nice to see them again because that was like a steady diet for me previously. Yeah, and uh, this one takes a turn that I don't think movies made in the late eighties, early nineties would have done in a way that I was like, huh, nice progress in some ways. I'm gonna let you get to that once we get there in the yeah, yeah, yeah. plot summary. So uh, I'm I'm adjusting because on my my current podcast, uh, the number <laughs> one movie in America, we do the 60 second plot summary thing. Mm-hmm. It's very different than the meandering journey that Theronathon takes. <laughs> oh. um, I also you know, uh, saw this movie three weeks ago. Cool. <laughs> yep. So uh, it's gonna take me, a, I might forget important features anyway. I mean, no big deal, but Bob Shields and I saw this the Arclight Hollywood. Oh, wow. Uh, um, How much were your tickets? <laughs> <laughs> like $18. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? In the lobby, there were costumes from uh, Avengers Endgame, and the costume that they had for Tony Stark was just his, like, sweatpants. And I was like, this is the best you could get. It was, was his- sweatpants with the, like heart thing on it. <laughs> they were like, eh, for Hollywood, let's give them Tony's loungewear. I was like, alright, I mean, I guess this is exciting. What a low bar. We also had Thor's costume from Endgame. That's pretty cool. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Okay, so, uh, Longshot is about a presidential candidate named Charlotte Field, mm-hmm. who's currently Secretary of State. Currently Secretary of State under a president who was a television actor who played the president. He's played by Bob Odenkirk, and he is a dummy who clearly shouldn't be president. It really feels like they maybe wrote this as like a draft in 2014, and then it abruptly became close to reality and they were too lazy to fix it. Mm-hmm. Like, this yeah. was just... This whole movie has a lot of things that are, like, brushing up against actual political reality. Correct. And then popping away. That's a general problem. I had the film. We'll save that for later. Anyway. Okay. And she's at some event 
And Seth Rogen, who I guess is actually like the point of view character, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he's a journalist. He's been fired from the Village Voice, essentially. Yep. Uh, for that gets bought out by a big corporate overlord. He gets fired, and he shows up to this fancy party with his friend Ice Cube Jr., whose name <laughs> is what actually? I don't know. O'Shea Jackson Jr. Is that right? Is he actually Ice Cube's son? Yes, correct. Okay. And he played Ice Cube in Straight Outta Content. That makes sense. Wait, yeah. what? Yes. He does look very And like the him. whole movie, I was like, wow, they really did excellent casting here. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Ice Cube Jr. is a super successful, we don't know what, but he has tons of money. He's like, come to this fancy party. Shirley's is flirting with the Canadian Prime Minister, adorably played by that guy whose name is... Alexander Skarsgård. Thank you. Playing uh, a hot doof. Playing yeah. a hot doof, which really is the only thing he should ever play. Yep. I think that he's one of those people who... I bet he would be a great comedic actor, but he's too handsome for people to let him do that. Because he was very funny in this. They did a nice job toothing him up and making him less handsome here. Uh, the other thing that I was a bit like... I don't know. I don't know stuff about the world, but I was like, could the Secretary of State really date a leader of a foreign country and people wouldn't, like, lose their shit over that? I think if it were Canada, yes. Okay. Because <laughs> it, it seemed, I don't know, it seemed like a conflict of interest in some yes. ways. Uh, and also given that, like, part of the movie was, like, the funny analysis of the optics of Charlie's running for president, and I was like, I don't know, second face with a foreign power seems like something that people might get mad about. I think Canada is, like, foreign power light. Okay. We have a special relationship. Um, <laughs> well, we did. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so she's sucking face with Alexander Sarsgaard, Justin Trudeau, and she's like, hey, who's that guy over there? I recognize him. Ice Cube Jr.'s like, the Secretary of State is staring at you, Seth Rogen. And he's like, oh, she used to babysit me. Cut to an adorable flashback where she kissed him and gave him a boner (laughs) when he was 13. And then he got made fun of for having a boner by her 16-year-old boyfriend. And she does say, like, hey, I recognize you. And then recognizes him and is like, oh, you're Flarsky. Which was the original, the the working title of this film when we closed up shop last year. Much better title, Longshot. Much better. Yeah. Yeah. Tully to Flarsky, that's a lot. Yeah. So anyway, she hires him as like a follow along the campaign trail journalist. No, no she hires him as a punch up writer. writer. Yeah. A speech writer. Because her her humor score could use a, a lift and she read all of his writing and she's like, he's very funny. Like, I think he would be a good speech writer for me. Right. Okay. Uh, June is her handler. What's June's actual name? Why am I so bad at knowing actors' I names? Don't in this oh, podcast? you were looking <laughs> to the wrong person. June Diane Raphael or Raphael. I'm not sure which way she pronounces it. She's a fellow podcaster from How Did This Get Made? <laughs> uh, she, yes, we are on the same level as How Did This Get Made, clearly. That's June. That's June. What? <laughs> I didn't know she was in movies. I only knew her from her very fun podcast. <laughs> so, yeah, June plays Charlize's handler. Aw. I like her character more now. <laughs> yeah, and then Paul, her husband, and the other guy, or one of the other guys on the podcast, was one of the TV personalities. Yeah. Okay. And Claudio Doherty was in it. I don't know who that is. Oh, so Claudio Doherty is a comedian that Bob and I saw in the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Is she the drop, person drop. who mispronounced Andrea Zuckerberg and said Andrea Zuckerberg? When I have on the TV, <laughs> a I I wouldn't know that that was a mispronunciation. Okay. B I don't remember. She was one of the like fake Fox News correspondents. Yeah, she's the one who gets up and leaves at the end. Oh, um, okay. I think this is a different person. So we saw her in the Edinburgh Fringe, and she was like the funniest person I'd ever seen live on stage. And now she's yeah. like semi-famous in that. Like, I think she was like a writer on Amy Schumer and is in. She appeared in Love. 
Yeah. Mm. And then also that Amy Schumer rom-com. She was in that. Trainwreck? Yeah, she was like a friend at the party. But anyway, when she showed up, I was like, ah! I've seen her in real life! I just want her to be successful. Yeah. She's wonderful. So, um, they're traveling together and getting a little bit more and more flirty because, like, she he knew her when she was a real normal person. And so much of her life is, like, fake and packaged. One detail I loved was that she never watches, she doesn't have time to watch anything, but she reads all of the, uh, Wikipedia the articles, Wikipedia articles yeah. so that she can, like, appear hip. I love that because I do that. I do that for Game of Thrones. Yes, literally <laughs> same, which is one of the things she does. But he convinces her to actually watch them, which means there's a clip of the Winter Soldier in this, yep. which is great. And it's adorable. And she calls Dick Fury the pirate guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, they um, become closer. Then they are in some country that has an uprising. And so they are in mortal danger and they kiss and then have sex the way that people in mortal danger do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then every Everybody is like, oh, well, this is clearly a mistake made in Mortal Danger. And she's like, mm, I'm going to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. And then everybody's like, you can't actually run for president and date this schmuck. Who wears tracksuits to things. Constantly. Just this awful, awful windbreaker. <laughs> like the worst piece of clothing ever captured on film. I know. And also, like, it's not, for me, it's not that he's wearing that goofy-ass windbreaker to things. It's that it doesn't occur to him that that's a bad thing to do. Right. Right. Yeah. Where I'm just sort of like, like, I guess, like, they do show him being embarrassed about it a little bit. But I was like, not enough. Not enough. Not enough. And one of my favorite jokes in it is like, oh, like, we came to this summit and he doesn't have a proper suit to wear to this fancy dinner. So Charlotte's <laughs> handler is like, don't worry, I'll take care of it. And because she doesn't like him, and also uh, she gets him, like, a traditional uh, Swedish, like, costume to wear. And he's all pissed off about it. And rather than her just being like, this is a practical joke, she's a bit like, yeah, next time pack a suit, asshole. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought that was very funny. I thought so, too. Meanwhile, Andy Circus under 10 pounds of makeup yep. because he... Appears to be uncomfortable acting as just his normal self if it's not 13 going on 30. Here's the thing. <laughs> I, I, if I were to ever become an actor, I'd be like, I like the Andy Serkis route. Just yeah. be in, unrecognizable. I'd like some, to be as anonymous as possible. Yes, put some dots on my face and just draw whatever you want. But this is prosthetics, not dots on his face. Uh, I bet every time he goes to a restaurant, he's like, those fucking rubes. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, nobody bothers him. Um, he's playing, like, Roger Ailes, I guess. Yeah. And he is like, I need to have some time alone with you, Charlotte Field, because clearly he's going to blackmail her. And eventually he does with a video of Flarsky jerking off to her giving a speech. So so part of like the whole plot is that she has this like environmental initiative and Flarsky's like, if you don't really stick to it, like I'm going to leave. But then the president is kind of like, oh, you got to lose this. Or you got to lose that. And then the president's like, you have to kill this whole thing because there's uh, the special interest. Yeah, the yeah. Roger Ailes guy basically is like, I, I need to be able to do evil stuff. Yeah. And so luckily the, the blackmail video is not the two of them having sex. It is just uh, him jerking off to her. Which I think is rather sweet. I think it's funny. <laughs> and also, like, it's just his face. And then he gets, like, come in his beard. And I was kind of like, oh, nice. It only took, like, how many years since? There's something about Mary. Yeah, 20. 20. 20 years since that movie. And I was like, oh, good. Now both genders have had come hair. So note that I saw this movie on my birthday with many friends. Unfortunately, not Regina and Bob because they weren't available. And they carded everyone except for me. And also note that I'm supposed to get carded because I have the AMC movie pass thing where like you have to show your ID to prove you're not abusing their system. Yeah. They carded everyone for this R-rated movie. Do you do you have to be old enough? 
to see an R-rated movie to get a movie pass? Like, do you think it's, like, because you had a movie pass, they knew that you were of age? Well, they're supposed to... It's not a movie pass. It's, like, AMC A-list, and, like, they're supposed to check my ID literally every time I go to the movies. They only do about 40% of the time. (laughs) Anyway, everyone got carded, and I didn't know that this movie was rated R. And then, so I was very... Every time anything R-rated happened, I was like, oh, wow, yes, okay. (laughs) This is a sex comedy. Yeah. But also, what is the age rating for R? 17, right? Correct. So they thought all of our yes, 30-something they, this year old friends. This was my 35th birthday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he blackmails her. And then this is the part where I'm like, you guys got to help me with the plot. Because I don't remember the exact okay. ins and outs of staring out the rainy window and breaking up gotcha. and getting back together. So Charlize <laughs> comes to him and is like, look, I am killing my initiative because I didn't want them to blackmail you. And he's like, you can't do that. It's so important. And she's like, okay, but like, I don't want this to happen. Like, I want to run for president. Like, I've worked my whole life to run for president. Uh, but we've got this plan where my fixer can help you, like, erase your digital past. So, like, everything that he published, like, we can get it offline. And he can sort of be, like, her Marilyn Monroe, like, her secret love dude. And he's like, I'm not willing to be nobody for you. So they break up, and she continues to, like, get ready to run for president. But then he realizes that, like, he would be willing to do that because he was in love with her. So he, like, calls and, like, leaves a message because she doesn't pick up. And he's like, I'll do it, I'll do it. Like, let's go through with this. She doesn't respond to it. And he's kind of like, okay, like, I guess that's over. And his friend is, like, helping him get drunk and be all right. And then she's doing her big, like, campaign launch. He's like, all right, look, I have to watch this. And during her campaign launch in a white suit, uh, (laughs) which was hard to see, she's basically like, these are all the reasons I'm running. And if I could say something, you know, like, if, like, teenage me saw me now, she would honestly, and there's, like, a long pause, and she's like, be disappointed in me. And then she basically is like, look, there's a blackmail video out of, like, my, uh, boyfriend jerking off and like people are trying to use that to keep me from running but like they're not going to but like i really like this guy so like i'm just telling you i like what she goes jerking off which all of you do (laughs) yes and she points like and makes eye contact with everyone in the audience yeah Yeah. and then he runs to or he tries to go find her and everyone recognizes him because they do release the jerking off video and everyone's like it's the masturbating guy (laughs) and then he like can't find her but then she's like waiting for him in his apartment And basically, they decide, like, they're going to do this. And then the thing that I was alluding to before is basically, like, if this movie had been made previously, I think the ending would have been, uh, she realized that what was really important was love. And then she decided not to run for president. Yes. Because it would be like, oh, like, oh, this movie, I thought, if it were made in the past, would be like, see, you can't get your environmental stuff done. Like, Like, everything about politics is shallow and wrong. But what's true is your love for your man. And you should go off and... And everything you've done until now without him is meaningless. But that is not what happens. And then, like, there's, like, an end credit where she is elected president, and we see him, like, sitting with her, and he's basically like, the good I do in the world is, like, supporting all the work that she does, because she's great. I took her last name! Yeah. (laughs) And, like, it didn't feel, to me, it didn't feel cheesy. It felt, like, really nice, and also, like... Uh, that is the thing that, like, my dad used to say about my mom, where he was, like, the thing that, like, the the community service I do is, like, making it possible for your mom to do the type of work in mental health that she does. And, like, I think that's, like, a really nice sentiment as, like, uh, the way that you can contribute sometimes is by letting someone who's better situated to contribute meaningfully, like, do that in a way that, like, that actually does something. So I thought that was a very, like, oh, it's 2019 ending, as opposed to, like, a while ago. Because a lot of rom-coms are like, if you work, you're evil. Fall in love with a man. That's good. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's what those movies are, and I've watched many of them. So anyway, so uh, I thought the ending was very sweet. I didn't even think about that, which is ridiculous, because... 
You're right. You're 100% right. I definitely had this moment of like, I don't think this is very realistic. And then I like looked at reality and I'm like, it's only on the other side. Right. But like those assholes can get away with anything. So like maybe in a world that's slightly altered just enough that a that Martin Sheen is it becomes the president after playing president. We Mm. would have a well, they never say she's a Democrat. No, they do because they do. Well, it, he gets so upset that oh, Ice Cube Jr. is a Republican. Yes, yes, okay. exactly, yeah. But they never say it. No. And they're really dodgy. Like, using the environment is, like, such a, like, no one could get mad that she likes the environment. Well, that was yeah. the thing that I, like, this was the one scene where I was kind of a bit like, you guys are brushing too close to current politics without, like, actually going into being right. like, a political comedy. And if things weren't what they currently are, that that might be fine. Right. But I felt like having, like, the one black character be like, hey, I'm a rich Republican. Yeah. And didn't work as well as maybe they thought it would. Like, it did not work. I, no. thought it, I thought it was funny for him to sort of be like, I never told you I was a Republican because you are so judgmental. And, like, right. you, like, never let anyone have a difference of opinions. I think that maybe would have worked more if he was like, I'm a libertarian or something. I don't know. But like, I also thought it was funny. He's like, with the, he's like, oh, also like, I'm Christian. He's like, oh, when you tell me that like, I should like give my problems to a higher power, like you have a specific higher power that was in mine. <laughs> I thought that that worked. And also like, I did think a little bit about like, his friend has been giving him like mantras throughout about yeah. like, how to feel better. And that the mantras that he were giving him were kind of like, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think like, they were hearkening to like the like an older version of what republicanism stood for right but like right now like that can't really be separated from what a lot of republicans currently are right at least for me so like, i, I like have that friends was... who are republicans but like i need a firm understanding that they don't <laughs> support current republicans in power right and it, if some like if i had this close friendship and then it was like yeah i voted for donald trump like that's different but we are just obviously donald trump's not president in this stupid movie right so but, but like, it just is, that scene doesn't work yeah i i thought that scene like was it was again like it felt like it was written six years ago yeah I, I really do think this movie was written six years ago. I think it actually was. I, I also like the part where he's he's uh, upset that he's a Republican and a Christian. And he's like, well, why do you think I wear this cross necklace? And he's like, I thought it was just because you're black. <laughs> and he's like, that's racist. <laughs> Uh, and then they have that top to moment where it was like, you're a Republican, I'm racist, I don't know what the fuck is going on. Yes. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. I completely forgot, and I think it was important that I forgot. The opening scene of this movie is terrible and should be cut from the movie. I don't remember opinion. what it is. So the opening scene is when he's in the neo-Nazi compound. Oh, God, yeah. I truly just was like, what? Nope, not out. happening. I honestly, when it started and it was like people doing like white power chants and shit or whatever, I looked at Bob and I was like, are we in the wrong fucking movie yeah and again written six years ago where i think they were like isn't it funny for a jewish person to be undercover at like a a white supremacist like hate group and i was like not anymore like it it just it didn't work for me as a like it wasn't far enough removed from reality or it wasn't like biting enough or like in touch with reality to be like actual satire and it just didn't pay off or tie into the rest of the movie in any meaningful way. That was the part that got me, but it was like, it didn't, it was an introductory scene where we didn't learn anything about the character. Like, I thought the whole point of that scene was he was going to ask questions and they were going to start questioning themselves, which would then lead on to he would do the same thing to Charlize later on. Mm. But it didn't, it just ended up with him jumping out of a window and getting a tattoo. And I was like... Yeah, and like, what we needed to know about him from the premise was that he is a, like, an activist like left-leaning journalist who lost his job 
And we got all of that from him being like, I work at The Advocate, right. and I just lost my job. And then later, Charlize, like, reads his articles, and we could see a couple of headlines. Right. But we 100%, like, don't need to open a movie that's like, haha, isn't it funny? Like, I just was just like, uh, this is such a, this is such a misstep. Yep. Uh, and also, like, so out of tone with the rest of the film's jokes. Yeah. And, like, I, I really think the fact that I completely forgot it happened, and you did as well. Yeah. It's like, it's just not tied to the, it's just not relevant. Right. Yeah, it's a very strange choice. All right, what are our segments? It's been a while. <laughs> so we have uh, Charlie Zenith. Oh, yes. Mm. Uh, my Charlie Zenith uh, is tied. Uh, one is when they're watching The Winter Soldier and she reacts so strongly yes. to Nick Fury getting shot. <laughs> uh, and I think my absolute favorite one was... Uh, oh, and also I'm going to th- do a three-way tie, like uh, <laughs> fucking bagger, bagger bands. Um, but... Uh, when she points at everyone and says, and you do it too. Yes. That's great. But my, I think my top one is uh, when she's eating skewered food. <laughs> she's freaking out at the party. She's like, oh my God, I can't eat skewered food. I look like a caveman. Uh, and then she's at the party and she's like, oh my, all the food is skewered food. And so she has to like crouch down under the table and she does eat it like a caveman yeah. eating something off of a bone. It's very funny. It's great. That's the best, like, setup and visual payoff to the joke in the yes. whole movie. And I will say, like, it was, I was talking to our friend Vicky about this this morning, and Vicky was like, the whole time I was watching it, I was just like, she looks so beautiful. I think movie. that she might be the most attractive she's ever been in this film. And I think wow. because this film, like, she's playing the Secretary of State, so every outfit is immaculately right. groomed for, like, television. So she looks so, like, elegant and glamorous throughout it. So I also think things like her, like, eating the chicken yes. skewer... That works for that joke as well. My Charlie's in it. I'm gonna do two because why not? We've taken a year off, so <laughs> and they're they're very different and like not necessarily tied to her performance because I'll be honest, when I was watching it, I had completely forgotten about this segment and I'd forgotten about it until you brought it up just now. Um, <laughs> but during the uh, the attack where their hotel room is getting shot at, uh, at some point like their bodyguard gets hit and then the next shot is Charlize like carrying him in a fireman's carry like running to like the safe room and I just was like this is very funny and it didn't feel like it was making fun of her yeah it was just like a great shot and also I was like I bet she's doing that too yeah and then my uh this I think was my favorite like visual gag in the whole movie is so when they're like doing the optics of her like these are the things people like about you these are the things we can improve they're like there's one thing where you're like you're not very good at and they're like we need to work on your wave And the way she, like, noodle arms out, like, a just a total, like, it's so bizarre, but it looks like that, it looks natural, like, it doesn't look like she's just doing a goofy arm movement in a way. And later on, you see her practicing her new ways. Yes. Yes. And I think it's one of those jokes that they don't overdo it. Like, at no point are they like, and now she's got a perfect wave. It's like, they did it, and it was funny, and they brought it back the one time. And I also loved the joke when she's uh, meeting with the doofy Canadian prime minister, and they're, like, swapping stories about, like, oh, this is how I had to change for office. And he's like, oh, like, they told me my actual laugh was was, was horrifying. (laughs) And so he does, like, his, like, normal normal politician laugh and it's that like ha 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 and then later he does his actual laugh and the look of horror that washes over her face because it is really bad (laughs) so anyway so uh waving and carrying people i only have one it is how excited she was about boys to men oh that was so good i was excited i was like yes shit like and she just like stops the conversation with like someone very important and she's just like oh my god it's happening (laughs) 
Pretty that good. That was great. Yeah. That was great. Uh, who would Keanu play? So I think the answer, even though I found Alexander Skarsgård delightful, I think the best answer is the Prime Minister. I think that's the most obvious one. You're wrong! You're wrong! What? Both of you! What's the right answer? Uh, the right answer is Bob Odenkirk, who was great, but I'm like, it's gonna be very funny and also a little bit more believable <laughs> that people will be like, we're gonna like that very handsome man. No offense, Bob Odenkirk, but you're just I the same looking man. And I also think that, like, he came across as, like, dumb, but not like it felt like he was playing a dumb person and wasn't a dumb person. I see. But Keanu can beautifully portray a dumb person. Keanu was very good at being dumb, believably. <laughs> so I think he should have played Bob Odenkirk. I accept your I accept your hypothesis. Also, he, they made a joke about how no one transitions from TV to film. And oh my god! I was very <laughs> upset that they did not include the people that successfully did that. They didn't include Denzel Washington. Oh well, I didn't even think about yeah, that. Yeah, how dare they? <laughs> Well, the the main one, like, of all time is Bruce Willis. I have never heard that or known that. (laughs) He was on Moonlighting. And it was, like, a big deal when they put out Die Hard. It's like, why is the guy from Moonlighting in this action movie? And then it was a hit, and he did a million other action movies. And so it was, like, a big, like, personality change. Who were the ones they actually said? George Clooney? Yeah, it's and that annoys me because I'm like George Clooney is a big star, but Denzel Washington is a bigger star, a bigger star I who think, also came from medical dramas. So here's the thing: I think that Denzel Washington started doing movies like he was on Saint Elsewhere, but he wasn't like a huge star on Saint Elsewhere. Okay, I didn't even think about that. But I also I do don't know if that is have, where he started. I just know that he was on TV. Like I think that he was getting nominated for Oscars like really shortly after that, and it okay. wasn't like like George Clooney was like a huge TV star. Okay. Which I think may, I, I don't know. I know that Moonlighting was a big deal, but I don't think it was the, as big a deal as George Clooney on ER was. All right. Who that was is the fair. other, who was their other example? I don't remember. It was decent. I oh, did. Jennifer Aniston. No, no, no. They make, they're like, they make Jennifer, fun. Jennifer Aniston's a counter example. Is she? Mm-hmm. That made me laugh so <laughs> hard. Oh my gosh. Because it wasn't very good. It was kind of like, this is not one of the go-tos. Yeah, I can't remember who it was. This is going to drive us all crazy. Yeah. We should put like a long thinking music in here until we figure it out. (laughs) Woody Harrelson. Sorry. Uh, I was saying, I think that uh, Keanu makes a good opposite of Seth Rogen. Yes. Who is kind of gross, goofy, uh, and uh, Keanu can be kind of like a quiet, goofy, right, because quite dignified. They make, like, Alexander Sarsgaard's character is not meant to be that dashing. Like, he's sort of like filter dashing. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? He's like, like, just, he, Justin Trudeau, same person. It's like, you are very handsome from the perspective of someone who is a prime minister. Correct. But like, deep down, we can tell you're a huge dork and kind of awkward. And I think if they had actually gone the route of making him smooth, it might have worked better for me. Okay. Yeah. That was a very good hairpiece, though. Yes. They gave him. Yes. <laughs> so funny. Uh, would it be improved by a prison riot? Yes, absolutely. Why have a weird, random, unexplained, dissident situation when she could be going to a prison for like some prison reform initiative and then there's a prison riot that puts them in mortal danger. This was exactly what I was thinking. Yes. The only thing I would think that would trip that up is they would have a planned exit route like 
Yeah. Yeah, the only thing that would derail is, like, part of them, like, escaping this uh, insurrection is they fly them to a beautiful unnamed island that's a beautiful resort bed where they bone. And, like, I don't necessarily want to see them boning at, like, the the Holiday Inn instead. Okay, counterpoint. How about that is replaces the neo-Nazis? Yes, great. Oh, oh much wonderful. better. Yes. Yeah, he just starts at a prison because he's doing some sort of like prison reform stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And yeah, much better. Robin, you just fixed this movie. I did what I can. You leveled it up. Yeah. And also, like the tattoo jokes that came later, weren't worth the, no. weren't worth it. No. Anyway, they were not. They weren't funny. They weren't funny. Yeah. Um, oh, can we talk about their sex scene? Yeah. I thought which it was, one. Oh, that's true. Uh, I thought their first sex scene were... Oh, boy, sex scene. Yes. Yeah. When they they both come at the same time and say, oh, boy. (laughs) I think that's funny. I thought it was hilarious. And also, he was like, I feel like we've seen a million jokes about dudes, like, coming too fast. Yeah. And I like that she was also like, no, I'm ready to go as well. And the other thing that I liked is I feel like she was, like, teasing him about, like, how he gets embarrassed very easily. And she was like, what's your favorite sexual position as an example of, like, embarrassing him? And he he got all flustered. He was like, uh, uh, normal stuff. (laughs) Um, And so then, like, the second time they have sex uh she was like let's do this rougher stuff and he looked so flustered and she was like well do what you like but then later spank me really hard and choke me a little bit <laughs> and i felt like they weren't making fun of her wanting that right but that they were also like they're accommodating each other's different preferences right. and that they're not necessarily incompatible in and of itself yeah because they want different things and i didn't feel like they were painting her like more extreme sexual desires as like a oh she's freaky no and again i feel like if this movie were made a while ago You're right they would be like and now she doesn't like that stuff or work Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Any other boning thoughts? <laughs> also, so, so how did you guys feel about? I feel like rom coms in general and comedies often have a thing where it's like an average looking dude with a super hot lady. And like, I think Seth Rogen's a handsome man, but I do not think that he is Charlie's Theron level. Who is? No one. Right. No, no right. one. But I thought that this movie did a good job of like sort of acknowledging that like part of it was like you said, that he knew her when. Yeah. And also that like it would be incredibly difficult for her to date anyone. Yeah. Because she has a very crazy schedule. So I did not feel like it was a frustrating like, come on. Also, they have genuine chemistry. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. They so, seem to have a lot of fun together. Yeah. And I also like that, like, their romance was a lot of, like, more normal romance stuff. It wasn't like, he's buying her 800 roses and filling her apartment like a creep. It was that they, like, watched TV together. Yeah. And, like, talked about their past. I also feel like this is the kind of, like, on paper, this movie could conceivably be a train wreck. Like, imagine if this were oh, written yeah. by Seth MacFarlane and no. starring Seth MacFarlane. No, I no. want to die. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact when you have someone like Seth Rogen in it, like... Uh, a better Seth. Uh, <laughs> it works really well. Like they, he really sells it. Yeah, and makes it work. Is there a better Seth than Seth Rogen? What does no. Seth in the Bible do? <laughs> <laughs> I think Seth Rogen is the best Seth. My friend Josh has a baby named Seth with a lot of hair. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out, Seth Rogen. He's coming for you. <laughs> All right. Well, it's great to be back. Yes. Yeah. And we'll be here whenever Charlize is here. Yep. It's true. Oh, just overall. I yeah, it. it's like it's not hilarious, but it's pretty funny. Yeah, like it's not particularly clever, but it's clever enough. Yeah, it has it has like, very clever moments. Yeah. It has yeah. his heart in the right place. Yeah. Yeah. So let's rank it. All right, I am putting it above head in the clouds. Oh Whoa! shit! Yes. that's a big deal for you. Yes, that is a big deal for me. Um, and one behind that thing you do, and I kind of went back and forth on that. Uh, I think this is a. I think this might be her best straight comedy. Uh, it's yeah. been a while. What are her other ones? Exactly, a million <laughs> ways, and that thing you do. So uh, that thing, and I kind of was like, 
is that thing you do a straight comedy? Because, like, a lot of my affection for that thing you do is, like, about the, like, heart stuff in it. You know, okay. like, the, like, kids rising to fame, like, mm-hmm. and also just the song. Really, that thing you do won by the skin of its teeth because of the song. I mean, uh, Hancock is another comedy. And I hate it. Right, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so this is pretty high for me, but not, like, crazy high. It's a it's a solid B-plus movie. <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. Yeah, it's a, I would give it, I'd maybe say a B. I'm okay. I'd give it B-plus. Uh, but for me, it, it is just, it is one below Fate of the Furious mm. and one above Hancock. Okay. So yeah, I think I enjoyed it about that level. It's like, it's fine. It's good. Yeah, it's it was hard to do the rankings because, I'll be honest, I haven't looked at them in a long ass yeah. time. I think it's tough because in my memory, I liked Hancock better than everyone. And I feel like I remember her being very fun in that movie, but I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I'm going to put it based on being influenced by you guys right now. One above Hancock. But that means it's below Huntsman Winter's War. Which is nonsense. <laughs> you could put it above that. <laughs> nope, nope. I stand by it. All right. Nonsense. You do have that weirdly high. Total Look, guys, nonsense. it was fun, and I will probably never watch it again. <laughs> but for what that moment like, in time. Gasoline-soaked gorillas in that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were like oil monkeys. Yeah, yeah. But there was also the worst Scottish accent I've ever heard in my life. Se- so. Several of them. <sighs> okay, so thank you for listening. Thank you to Alex Reed for our theme song. That's right. Still a it's, banger. It's back. <laughs> it's back. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to listen to my new podcast, Number One Movie in America, please do. You can find it all the places podcasts are found. It's uh, Sean Collier, former guest on Theronathon, mm-hmm. comedian Aaron Kleiber, and uh, podcast mistress supreme Camila Adams. And we have every movie that was number one for the weekend in the box office from 1982 to the present in a numbered list. We randomly generate a number and randomly watch a movie. And it's produced episodes like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 and Oh God, You Devil. (laughs) So listen, it's great. It is great. Thank you. I listen to every episode. Stay tuned because at some point, we promise, the Keanu review will exist. We're busy people. (laughs) (laughs) Look, we needed to come back recharged. And by we, we mostly mean me. Yes, we do. (laughs) We still have... An Instagram, which is at Theronathon. Oh, and I forgot I'm going to be doing this. fucking great. We have a Twitter as well, which is... Oh, no, the Twitter is at Theronathon and Instagram is at Charlize Theronathon. Yes. Yeah. Okay. We'll see. If cool. you If you go to the Instagram and it's not a bunch of Keanu faces, you're at the wrong place. I forgot that I was going to have to do one of those. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. And most good of to all, be back. thank you, Charlize. Ebert or Mebert? Yeah, Ebert's no longer with us. That's true. Uh, Text Jeff Cordell real quick. (laughs) (laughs) What have we been doing?